Welcome to Hell to Japan. Just really eager to get started with the topic of tonight's podcast. Yeah. Uh, we will be covering, I think. Well, I'm gonna already reveal how I uh, how I feel about this mo- this movie. But we're gonna be covering Silence, and I fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. That's the movie we're going to be covering. Yeah. And we, we chose Silence. In fact, for any movie kind of review that we do, it will be based upon Japan in some capacity. Mm. And uh, I think this movie yeah. fits the bill. Yeah, definitely. It's such a wonderful convergence of people you love, like Martin Scorsese. And yes. the place where you are. That's what made me so happy to watch this movie. It's like, thank you so much for doing this. That's right. It's a, it's a perfect, perfect, yeah, exactly. You said it perfectly. It's a convergence of everything I love. Um, this this topic of, uh, well, we're not going to reveal spoilers right now but we will let listeners know when we do get into spoiler territory Mm. um but uh i don't think it'll be a spoiler to say what it's based upon Mm -hmm. um it's just basically about jesuit priests in the 17th century coming to japan Mm. much like eddie murphy and coming to america (laughs) yeah i I found coming to america a little funnier than this movie There wasn't as much, I don't know, torture, and it could have it could have helped the plot a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if like someone, yeah, like some comedian just popped up out of nowhere, just yeah. random comedian <laughs> walked in. <laughs> so what's that you're trying to do? You're trying to propagate Catholicism? <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> Yeah, he just pops in and pops out. I'm out of here. Exactly. It could have happened anywhere. Just a, a casual walk down the street, whatever happened. Completely out of context. Yeah, completely out of context. <laughs> of nothing. Yes. Just, hey. Oh, that would be just great. Tells you, and I tells you what you need yeah. to know. And, and Scorsese <laughs> would have been able to meld it in in a way that made you feel like it was it was meant to be there. <laughs> no. I okay. So you know, one of the things you you sent me some notes the other last night about your your initial experience with the movie, and I, I quite enjoyed reading it. So maybe we should start off with that. Can you can you tell the audience, yeah, yeah a little bit about your experience with it? Okay, so uh, I first saw Silence with my girlfriend, who is. Native Japanese, and this movie, when it came out uh, in Japan, I was very excited when I heard about it. Like you said, it had Martin Scorsese at the helm, and and I've I've loved many of his films. I've I've seen them multiple times, um, like Raging Bill, Good Goodfellas, Casino, The Departed. So um, so with that knowledge. I felt safe in going to see this movie at the theater. And I wanted to do so blind, you know, avoiding any spoilers. Uh, except I had forgotten that my girlfriend loves 
talking about movies before actually seeing them. So she's done this many times before, and she's a spoiler-loving killjoy. <laughs> and she watches trailers, she reads articles on upcoming films to learn about the plot, story, and characters. Um, you know, everything. Everything you need to know about a movie. <laughs> everything you need to know. It's like one of those uh, previews that tells you every plot point so you don't need to watch the movie. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. So I don't even know why she does that, why she bothers watching it, but I know many people like this exist. Mm -hmm. I mean, why else do they make trailers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <They> wanna... <laughs> well, yeah. And trailers these days, I think we talked about this before, but trailers, they just reveal everything nowadays well it's so it's so everything about the movie if you watch if you go to watch trailers these days you get all the plot points all the major beats the character moments well what's great about like older previews and and uh quentin tarantino uh really brought this up in our mind and in my mind a few years ago when you're talking about them how 70s movies from the 70s there were like plot points and trailers that weren't even in the movie they just looked cool right <laughs> yeah, it's like, and exactly. I kind of remember that time when I was a kid. I remember seeing. I want to see that, and it wasn't in the movie. They've played with that in recent, uh, like Marvel and other big Hollywood blockbuster movies. They would only show. They would sometimes show a completely different image or something fantastic in in the trailer mm -hmm. that you would yeah that, that there was it wasn't actually in the in the real movie and i i'm i'm mm. i'm on the fence about that because it mm. also sets up expectations in the audience member's mind mm. wouldn't it i guess wouldn't so, it but if you yeah. go in and you're, you're setting up the 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 story in your mind i'm like okay i'm expecting this this is going to be an amazing scene and then it doesn't happen yeah <laughs> but it, it's kind of like, uh, I mean, in a lot of movies, we have the misdirect, right? And it's kind right. of like the ultimate misdirect, you know? But sometimes I don't like misdirects in movies, sometimes, especially in horror movies where it's like, dun, 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 nothing. And you're like, oh, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, screw you, you stupid. I mean, I, in Simon Pegg, Shaun of the Dead, I mean, he does wonderful misdirects. You know, they're just... Mm, mm, mm. The, the, the greatest things in the world because they're done to perfect com comedic effect, you know. But sometimes in, like, serious, like, suspenseful movies, you're just like, oh, fuck you. I don't want to watch this movie anymore. Screw off. But a preview that's a misdirect, that's like, right. hey, you just gave me the middle finger. I kind of appreciate that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you've got balls. I'll, I'll, I'll go along yeah, with yeah, this movie yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. But, you know... Uh, you know, we could uh, argue that a little bit more, but so, I, I think, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, sorry, go ahead. Uh, but I want to hear a little bit more of your, your. So, what was your impression as you, despite the fact that your girlfriend ruined everything for you? <laughs> what was your? Well, you know? well, this is a thing. I went in and I had forgotten. Mm -hmm. I had forgotten to tell her not to spoil anything right. for me about this particular movie. I may have mentioned it to her in the text mm -hmm. or something, you know, when we're arranging to meet up. You know, we're not we're not living together, so you know, we would arrange to to meet at the at the place, you know, at the theater right. um to watch a movie. 
but I think I, I mentioned it in a text, like, please, uh, I'm really looking forward to this. Please, no, um, don't reveal anything hmm. to me about this movie. But anyway, upon meeting her at the theatre, uh, yeah, it was a masterclass yeah. in spoiling shit. <laughs> in, uh, you know, perfectly chosen words, assembled and finely crafted jewels oh, of beautiful. sentences. She revealed the whole fucking <clears throat> plot story yeah. uh, and what I should expect. Right, and this was done in a few seconds, mm. and it was too quick for me to even stop her. I was just like, "Wow, I had to admire it in a way." Yeah, but I was fucking livid. <laughs> you were mind raped. <laughs> yes, and it was my fault, you know, because I didn't really uh, make it clear to her how important it was yeah. to me that I not have this spoiled. Um, but any, but yeah, I knew this was a character trait mm-hmm. of hers or or defect, and. Uh, Lesson learned yeah. and a relationship black eye for her. Mm-hmm. No, I love her. Mm-hmm. I love I love my girlfriend very much. Um, but she doesn't do it anymore. Yeah. Because of this one experience. <laughs> <laughs> did your rage, <laughs> did, did steam come out of your ears? Well, yeah, well, you know, if you, if you took my temperature then, I would have, yeah, it would have been a little higher than normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so that was my, uh, that's how I came into this hmm. movie how about how about yourself how did okay. you how did you learn about it how did you come into it i think i heard a few years ago that martin scorsese had made some movie about japan but i then i had forgotten about it you know for a while because i was like i'm probably not going to see it in a movie theater or anything like that but then during winter vacation 2019 towards the end of the year in late december i was doing my daily amazon prime video surfing you know, this mm. new reality that we live in where people just sit and they just flip through things like they're what, trying to find a good show on TV. This is what I, I spend 30 minutes of my life doing on some days, just flipping through things. And I came I saw Martin Scorsese's name next to a movie title. And I was like, holy shit. No shit. That silence. Oh, my God. So I just, you know, I was all alone. It was the middle of the day. I fired up the amp. Turned down the lights, shut the blinds, plop myself down on the sofa, and press play. And unlike my co-host here, I knew virtually nothing about the movie, and I was alone. Oh, at home, lucky! And there was no one to converse with but my inner thoughts. And I'll tell you what, it was a complete joy to watch this movie right from the first second, because I mean, Scorsese is a master of world building. It's not mm. simply in the plot, but in the imagery. And mm. so many shots, I, I don't know if you felt like this, but so many shots capture light and depth of scenery in a way that immerses you and feels as though any single image could be isolated and placed on a wall as a work of art. That's mm. how I really felt about all these different things, especially on the second viewing. I was like, holy shit, this movie is yeah. so freaking beautiful mm-hmm. um and there was there was not one moment i wanted to look away and it, you know yeah yeah it was fully fully absorbed i was fully absorbed yeah it was a two hour 41 minute runtime yeah and i did not feel there was a dull moment mm. or scene that dragged on for too long mm. uh yeah completely immersed mm-hmm. in this world that Scorsese built was great. I I don't think it's uh, a spoiler if I say that really the movie, it meditates on pain. 
mm. you know and you know aside from the, the the strong men in the movie the all the characters are in various stages of sadness and despair you know mm. but mm. despite that darkness in the storyline uh, i think we're compelled to watch it due to the battle taking place between faith and oppression and that yeah. and that is really what's struggling and making you what aside from the incredibly beautiful imagery and the and the cinematography it's that that storyline of faith and oppression that keeps fighting back and forth agreed yeah, yeah so um do we have anything else to say without spoiling anything or should we get straight into spoilers um well I have other things I can say, but let's. Let, yeah, I guess we can go into spoilers and just. Um, I mean, there's so much to talk about the characters, how the plot development. Uh, I think there's metaphorical imagery and allegory in there too, uh, that uh, we can uh, pontificate upon as we develop. But well, let, yeah, let's let's just go into it. All right, we will be. Getting to spoilers from now, you've been warned. Mm. If you have not seen this movie, please go go out and watch it. Yeah. Well, not go out. Stay home. Stay home. Stay home and watch it. We've got uh, many many, uh, means of getting a hold of this movie Mm. digitally. Mm. So do yourself a favor Mm. and watch it, then come back and listen to what we have to say about it. It's on Amazon Prime and it's on Netflix. So come on. There you go. Mm. No excuses. So with that said... Here we go. We're getting the spoilers. Okay. And now. Okay. Begin. So he dies. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. An unceremonious death. Quite a few people die in this movie. Actually, it is. Well, the funeral is very ceremonial. but (laughs) A lot of people die in this movie. And um, it's not fun to watch them die. But the creativity with which the... Japanese dictatorial government officials go about their torture is quite ingenious, wouldn't you say? I I had never seen those torture tactics used, uh, at least portrayed on screen. Mm -hmm. I've never never seen that in all my uh, movie watching. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it was great to finally finally see it and uh, <laughs> see that type of torture <laughs> <laughs> torture porn <laughs> but it was also like it, it reflected the like the meticulous and clean nature of japanese people like it's like mm. okay yeah i believe that that's what they came up with it, that wouldn't have happened in europe no way it would have been much more gory but like there was all this attention to like let's not get the blood splattered everywhere. <laughs> it's like yeah, let's make yeah. it drip into this hole, and we'll cover right. the people up <laughs> and hang them upside yeah. down, and you can't even see their heads that are being slowly cut into the neck with. Right? We can't even see yeah. where the torture's coming from. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. it's like Jesus Christ! Can you be? any more hygienic when you come to torture someone <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's amazing yeah yeah so i um yeah as i said i was fully fully absorbed fully yeah. absorbed, you know the whole the whole movie i watched it i watched it again recently just for this podcast and um i uh 
you know, in preparing for this podcast, I wanted to take a view that is, you know, different from, I think, well, how most other reviewers, I think, would have handled it, mm -hmm. who are not actually living in Japan and have enough life experience in Japan mm -hmm. to really appreciate yeah. uh, the Japanese mindset and mm -hmm. worldview. Mm -hmm. And and as uh, we're both foreigners and we've been living here for a long time, mm -hmm. that was the kind of perspective I wanted to take. Yeah. I think we, we might, we may have had some, we may have some unique views, but depending on someone in the audience, we'll say, well, I've, I've fucking heard that before. Yeah. Nothing new there, but. You've lived here uh, how I, long um, and you just thought of that? <laughs> you fucking piece of shit, asshole. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so that, that was the approach I wanted to take. Mm. But then I, uh, but then I realized I don't want to detract too much from the actual movie watching, mm -hmm. right? So we want to we want to discuss what we liked about it, what we what maybe we didn't like about it, mm -hmm. what the themes were, mm -hmm. um, you know, standout performers and shit like that. Yeah. Um, but what did you what did you want to um, talk about first regarding this movie? I guess we could talk about the plot structure. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I, I told you yesterday. Well, let me get my notes out here. Aside, you know, I, I did write in my notes that it, the movie has so many layers to peel away. But one thing I kind of felt like was that, you know, the movie was missing Ving Rhames and Simon Pegg. You know, that's what it was missing <laughs> because for the solid intel. Because this was truly a Mission Impossible. Right. <laughs> it's it's yeah. like, OK, even from the beginning, like it starts off with a letter <laughs> like, and yeah, some yeah, intel. Yeah, yeah. And of course, your mission, should you should you choose to accept it? <laughs> should you? And actually, <laughs> I, I the difference with Mission Impossible, though, is that he's actually saying you do not want this mission. <laughs> but then I start to think, actually, because it's a mission from God. Right. So yeah. <laughs> like it's higher up than anything. And that's how Tom Cruise always starts. He doesn't know who's sending him the message. Right? <laughs> yeah. So no one knows the top boss. It's the boss above all the other bosses that puts into their hearts this mission. Right. And so but they but at least, you know, he at the end of mission, you know, the, the start of every Mission Impossible movie yeah. and in the series, he's given a task, yeah. a mission. Yeah. Whether you choose to accept it. He always accepts it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every single time. There's no fucking getting away from it. That's his job. Yeah. It's the Mission Impossible Force. <laughs> it's IMF. Right, right. He, he I don't know like, why they bother like, asking. It's like once whether you, you Whether you choose to accept it. Yeah, you choose. Just take you, that out. By opening this message, you've chosen to accept it. That's basically it. But like he's got no choice. They, 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 you know, they, they, res and, and, and another aspect is like, if you so choose it, you will receive no outside help from anyone. And if you die, disavow, it's, like, yeah, it's you. You're, yeah. Disavow your, yeah. Uh, your existence. Yeah, yeah. We, we disavow you because we have no connection to you. And it's like the 1600s. So they really can't have, and they don't have any power to do anything because you got to get on a freaking boat. And it takes forever. And this, you know, this place is on lockdown, 1600 style, you know, a freaking mm -hmm. island nation that is like, don't come to us, you know. But it even gets more Mission Impossible-y 
that's my my little uh, adjective there. Somewhere like they these guys they travel by boat or land or whatever and somewhere in Macau. Right? <laughs> Jesus Christ, could it be any more Mission Impossible? Right? Somewhere in Macau, a drunken Japanese is found in a dirty download bar with people playing poker and shit, right? He's a, and that's he, another, like a plot point. That's what gets the story going, right? Where he meets some. <laughs> and for some money, he takes them in secret to some outer islands with their weapons, the word of God. And undying will. <laughs> they try to save the day. Unfortunately, their mission fails, for they embarked on a journey destined for failure. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, way, like, unlike, unlike Mission Impossible, <laughs> Tom Cruise always survives. He always gets he always gets justice, so he he you know he lives to fight another for another Mission Impossible movie. Whereas mm, this yes. This top, this Jesuit <laughs> priest who's playing the part of Tom Cruise, he just dies. <laughs> <laughs> he just dies, and he has no, and it, because they 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 have no intel, they have no knowledge of where they're going, and they, they're just. And I started thinking because they're so young, right? Those, I mean, the characters, yeah, what yeah. they're in their early twenties. When you're twenty-two, hey, I when I was twenty-two, I went to a country. I went to Fiji. And within 24 hours, I was in a drug dealer's house eating pie. You know, it's like, that's what you do when you're 22. Because you have these convictions and you just think you can wing it, wing everything. And that's what, that's what you kind of, in, I, I kind of uh, admired about the young guys. is because they have this very black and white view of the world. And they feel like they can do right. They're going to help everybody achieve oneness with God. And it's like, hey, have you read anything? Uh, have you read the guidebook? <laughs> they didn't even read the guidebook for <laughs> Lonely <Island>. Planet. <laughs> there's like a there's like a there's like a part of Lonely Planet where it says, "Stay the fuck away from Japan if you want." <laughs> no, man, we're gonna save our our mentor. We're gonna save our mentor, man. That's what like that's how they would talk if they were alive now. Man, you know, it's like you just gotta go in there and you just gotta find them and just talk to the people, reason with them. It's like, no, guys, go to school. You know the the guy uh, um who plays father what's it Valen Valignano, the guy at the beginning who's mm-hmm. explaining to the two to two priests, like, listen, this is what we've what the information I have. Mm-hmm. He's apostatized. And they can't believe their fucking errors. Yeah, yeah. They're like, no, no, this can't be true. No, we don't believe it. Nope, we're we're going. Mm. And I think he's he's told them many times, like, no, no, actually, <laughs> they, they they persecute, they kill, they've killed, they've yeah, killed yeah. thousands. Do you, do you understand death? <laughs> You're priests, right? You go there. You you are going to meet your you know you're only going to meet God yeah. <laughs> when you go there. <laughs> you're going to die. Yeah, you're going to freaking die. And they don't give a fuck, no. like you said. It's no. like the Tom Cruise mentality. Yeah. Nah, I got it. No, I got it. <laughs> I got this. Except Tom Cruise is like equipped with every weapon in the book. Mind tricks, in- including mind tricks. And, you know, he can do parkour off the side of 100-story buildings, you know. <laughs> they did They did go to Japan under the cloak, uh, you know, cloak and dagger, like, like in Mission yeah, Impossible, yeah. like you said. Again, it's feeding into what you're saying. It's amazing. <laughs> Like they they were really into it, and then like they met these Christians who were like, "Oh my 
God, like you're here, our salvation. <laughs> and I just didn't know what to do with that, man. I, I have to say, you know, you know, that's what I loved most. Yeah. Talking about what I loved most about this movie. Yeah. I loved the slow and steady march mm. towards a reckoning for Rodriguez. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know that it's coming for him. Yeah. You know that he's just been trying to avoid it throughout, you know, at the beginning, but you know there's this impending doom yeah. waiting for him. And I I, I sensed I, I sensed either he's gonna be killed mm-hmm. or apostize mm. uh you know uh, apostatize yeah, yeah. i thought he might apostatize or be killed yeah those were the two uh the two sort of fates i had in mind for this guy throughout the whole movie <laughs> and it's just building up tension throughout the yeah it's slow and steady the whole movie yeah but there's this tension in my mind i'm like oh fuck, fuck. is he gonna apostatize yeah, yeah yeah or are they just gonna fucking kill him yeah well um, I, I really thought at the end after <clears throat> thinking about the movie and how young he was and how malleable he was. I really thought of like, you know, the, the Inquisitor, Mr. Inoue, who's loved him, played by a, a character actor. One thing I did get from my wife that she didn't like even really want to watch the movie. She was cooking dinner and then walking in and I was like, you want to watch? She's like, ah. and then Inoue comes on and she's like, oh, that's Issei Ogata. He's really interesting. I'm like, what do you mean? He's on TV all the time. He's like, that's his style. They, he, wow. Yeah, that's how he acts. <laughs> like, like, that's wow, what he's really? For. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, neither did I. I was just like, oh, okay. Well, thanks for that info. <laughs> and then she walks out of the room and does laundry. But I like, just thought it was like was a decision like, well, he made cool. in acting. Do you want to watch me? <laughs> yeah. Like, like an like acting a choice. of information popping up. <laughs> but like what that guy... I think what he saw in Rodriguez is a kid who's very malleable and are like, we can use Mm. him. We can use him for our own devices. He's going to fold because he's young and because he's young, we'll be able to form him in the, in the image that we want him to be. That's how Mm, I I kind mm, of mm. felt about it in retrospect. Yeah. So I think there's like those, all those dynamics. Ah, he's just a young kid. We don't hear those conversations, but the way they talk to him in a way like remember that time where he was sitting with Inoue and he was in that they were in that beautiful residence and it was like the golden hour, very beautiful light coming through. And they talk about these metaphors like a daimyo, a lord, right, has uh, these three concubines. Right, right. He gets rid of them, so and he everything improves. And and then Rodriguez mm. says, "Oh, that's very good." And he's like, "Yes, Holland, Britain, whatever the hell other country yeah. is, yeah, Portugal, yeah, yeah, yeah." It's like they are the concubines that must we that Japan must be rid of. So he's using the Socratic method against them, which I really enjoyed mm. watching him do. Mm-hmm. And then no, no, and it, he it, Rodriguez, Rodriguez didn't really have an argument, you know. He's like mm, pure mm, of mm. heart because he's so naive and young it's, that he yeah, only has his yeah. black and white convictions to support him. Right. It was interesting seeing him. He his faith. At what moment in the movie? Yeah. Do you think his his faith was shaken? Well, I definitely think uh, 
one of the main that comes to mind, you might think of it's an earlier point. There might have been earlier points, but when he is, he ends up on that cat island and then Kichijiro appears, one of the, one of the side characters who has actually strangely more dynamic depth to him than the main character. Oh, we're going to, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about we're him. Gonna talk we're him. Definitely. We're going to spend some time on him. Yeah. But like he, uh, he leads him to this stream and Rodriguez is drinking from the screen. He's so happy. He sees the image of Jesus in the, in the stream, and he's happy and smiling. And then the guys, the Inquisitor's men, catch him. And they bring him to these prisoners who are also these Japanese people who can also speak English because they're Christian, I guess, because of that. And um, they start having this conversation. Rodriguez looks completely out of it. He's just done. He's like... I don't want to die. It looks like he's dead. That's the expression on his face. And the calmness of the Japanese prisoners is so uh, stark in, in contrast to him. And he's like, why are you so calm? What, what, what's making you? And he's like, well, we know that when we die, there is heaven. and Paradise. Paradise. And isn't paradise better than this? And Rodriguez, the youthful kid that he is, he's just like, uh, uh, yes. Because I am a priest. <laughs> yes, you are right. So he's calmed by these believers who truly believe because they have never seen anything other than their own plight of shittiness. Hmm. Uh, so w- what about you? Did, w- do you think it was earlier that he started to lose? I think I think uh, when he's uh, narrating about silence, he, he I think he mentions silence earlier. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he talk, he, he's asking like, Christ, mm-hmm. he's, he's he's mentioning uh, silence throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you not answering my prayers? Mm-hmm. And I think it was before that where he witnesses the three Japanese, the the Japanese guys, uh, oh, right, right, dying. Right, right. And I think it was around that point he's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, like I've heard the words before, but I, I've always lived in a peaceful place, so I haven't seen this kind of torture, right? And that scene that you mentioned mm. about the stream, mm. you know, the stream where he sees Jesus Christ yeah, yeah. in the uh, that image. I was going to ask you about that. Mm-hmm. That's a, it's obviously a, in a, a like a hallucination, right? That's what I thought because he, he's dying of thirst, right? And that's why he starts right? laughing, he's, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, he's delusional. Yeah. He's just dying of thirst, and so that's why Jesus Christ makes an appearance. Mm-hmm. He's not even there, it's a and cameo. then he just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ makes a cameo <laughs> <laughs> when you're at your worst. He's like, "Hey there, yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, not the best, not the best, Jesus. <laughs> I've seen better days." <laughs> and then he just leaves. Hey, you know you what? Know, I could. I, mean, I, I need. I needed your help like a little while ago, but yeah, thanks for making an appearance now. When I finally got fucking fresh water. <laughs> hey, Rodriguez, want to get some pot? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was always the same. Yeah, it was the same image the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hippie. Hippie got kicked out of the Woodstock. <laughs> hey, Rodriguez, you want to go down to the docks and smoke some pot? <laughs> it's just like... It's like... <laughs> yeah, that's okay. yeah, th- yeah. I love, I love the invitation, Jesus. Let me just take care of these fucking, uh, fucking Japanese authorities first. Hey, man, it's all cool. It's all yeah, right. Don't worry about it. Hey, how about you just die and join me in heaven? I'm in pain too, man. <laughs> now you know how it's like to bear a cross. 
Actually, that was my favorite. I, I think if I'm looking at my favorite scenes in the movie, that's. I think that would be up there. Uh-huh. I mean, I, that would be up there. That scene where he's there with the interpreter, mm-hmm. played by this. I love this actor. His name is Tadanobu Asano. Mm-hmm. Tadanobu Asano, I think, is one of the most underrated actors who's been in Hollywood movies. Mm-hmm. He's fucking. He's great. Right. He's got some Nat- Native American blood in, in in him as well, apparently. Uh-huh. But he. Um, the way he played this character when yeah. he first meets Rodriguez in that little in that cell, yeah, right, that bamboo or yeah. bamboo cell or whatever, mm. and, and he comes in. Well, actually, before that, mm. let's talk. Let's talk about his first meeting with Inoue-san. He has no idea he's the Inquisitor, right, right, right. But this is when he meets him. What was your impression of that scene? When he first meets you, you already touched. You already touched upon it by saying how stark the Japanese were to to his uh to rodriguez's his um how he dealt with it mm. like you said he's young but also in addition he just he was almost dying of thirst right so he's not he's out of sorts yeah uh but the way she said uh to him that woman next to him she said uh oh there are no taxes there are no taxes in paradise right mm. no no hard work mm. and all of this fucking garbage, which these fucking priests have been spreading, right? Yeah, <laughs> which they believed. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the salvation, right? Salvation waiting for them. That's what that was the whole point. Salvation, mm. and that's why they were so stark. But also playing upon the fact that they're Japanese, right? And Japanese also are typically a little more, you know, less emotional yeah, than. A- other it, ethnicities i would call it a, a small wave country like america mm. is like outburst that's a good yeah a, that's a good observation yeah. yeah you're right big waves big waves in america if you don't have big waves right. you can't notice anything small waves right yeah, yeah you got to make an impression yeah uh so you know that's that's kind of the the thing but you know what i'm i'm having a hard time bringing up in image during that scene so could you remind me a little bit so Inoue, he, he, he comes in. Mm-hmm. Well, the first time we're introduced to him, do you remember when he, when they, they go to the village? The Japanese authorities go to uh, go to the village, mm-hmm. and one of the guys, his front men, mm-hmm. I don't know, the his, his number two, mm-hmm. I don't know what the Japanese term is for this guy, but he comes in with a low, booming voice. Right. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Low, booming voice. Like, oh, he's like, yeah. he's like just telling them. Mm-hmm. So the villagers, he's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. listen here, you motherfuckers. <laughs> and then, yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I love that entrance. Like, Inoue comes through the mists, right? Yeah, and, they all do on horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. on the horses, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I love that because it's like such a symbolic imagery in the mountains. And then they, they pierce this this mist to grab Fog. the necks of the Christian. He comes out and the contrast of the voice, it's like, okay yeah this yeah is, exactly yeah, exactly like, yeah it's so, almost <laughs> yeah go on comedic yeah it's comedic. <laughs> it's almost like uh i uh it's sorry to say that ken shimura has passed away but ken shimura i think had that kind of similar kind of comedic voice vocalization yeah now, yeah 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 wow. yeah exactly and he had yeah. that weird affectation of a mouth and his weird yeah. ticks and stuff like that 
Yeah, it was it was so fun from point, first second watching that guy. I was just like, this he is the most well casted person I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now the, I know that so he's that, a character. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was when we first. So that's when we were first introduced to him. This guy mm-hmm. who, but it, in my view, I knew. The first time I watched the movie, I knew I, this guy's in control. Yeah, this is the yeah, one like you got, you know, you're playing like good cop, bad cop. Yeah, yeah. You got yeah. the bad cop at the front, <laughs> right? Obviously, his number two, mm-hmm. and he comes in with sympathy and compassion. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, you know what? You know, you just have to, you know, you just have to uh, renounce yeah. God. And you know what? You know what I'm going to do for you? Mm-hmm. I want to give you three days. Yeah. What do you think about that? <laughs> I'm going to give you three days. Just like Jesus. <laughs> right. three days to think about it. You, yeah, you <laughs> come to Jesus moment. <laughs> yeah, Jesus came back. Hey, you know what? It's a coincidence that Sunday is, in fact, Easter Sunday. Well, there you go. Oh, we were very appropriate in our timing of this, although whenever this will be broadcast, will be long after. Yeah, probably in a year. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like two years from now. Let's we try to keep it. Let's try to keep it evergreen. It. Let's try to keep it timeless. Well, we've already talked about coronavirus, so yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, you know where we are. Another reason yeah, so, to so, uh, isolate. You know. Okay. Yeah. So that's uh, that's when I first introduced him. So getting back to that other scene when Rodriguez is found by authorities, and we see Enoya's son again mm-hmm. to jog your memory. Enoya's son comes in, mm-hmm. and he he tells the Japanese the Japanese. Um, Devotees. Yeah, yeah, devotee. He says he says to them like, listen, you know, I'm tired of this. I'm I'm just really tired. I'm tired of you know. I'm coming here to this shitty, <laughs> shitty part, of this shitty area. It was fucking hot. It's really fucking hot. You know that. <laughs> I get no joy in coming here and meeting you fucking people. I fucking hate it. And what's wrong with you, honestly? You know, we're, we're just only... Just look at it from my point of view. Look at what I'm trying to achieve here. Okay, do you know what I'm trying to achieve here? You know what? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then Rodriguez stands up to leave with him. He's like, no, no, where the fuck do you think you're going? No, no, sit down. And that's when he switches to English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So throughout the whole movie, we have no idea whether he can speak English or not. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time we've heard him speak English. Right. It's not the best English. But it's pretty good. Yeah. He gets his points. He gets his points across. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah. So what did you think of that scene? I I I'm I'm still drawing a blank. <laughs> oh really? Oh wow. Yeah. You just watched it, right? There's so many thoughts going through my brain, you know, about the different the different scenes. The more clearly the one was at the prison where the line of guys was st- sitting, and then that's where Rodriguez learns who you know meets the interpreter. Yeah. Um, okay, let's focus on that. Yeah. Okay, let's move on from that. Mm-hmm. So the interpreter. So that's I think I have to say that's probably that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Mm. Is when he's there, he's he's in that cell and then he hears English. Well, actually, no, I'm sorry. You know, forget what I said about English. It's Portuguese. Right. They're speaking Portuguese even though we're hearing English, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be Portuguese, right? Right? Mhm. Okay, so so he hears uh, Portuguese um, says something like um, uh, "Our Lord Savior Jesus Christ," and uh, and that gets Rodriguez's uh, attention, mm-hmm. and he comes in, and that scene, yeah. So that was my 
that was my favorite scene. Before before I tell you how I feel about it, mm. how did you feel about it? I thought it was uh, such a what it, what struck me was you know the <clears throat> the very very Japanese nature of one of Inoue's cohorts of saying we're sorry that we've put you in this position. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's so like it, it's like. Hey, even with the prisoner, we're gonna serve you tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You exactly. sit down. Yeah, yeah. Are you fine? Are you okay? Is everyone okay? Yeah, okay. yeah. All right. Now, uh, before we cut your head off, we just want to make sure that you understand what the minutes are. Yeah, <laughs> whatever it is. We want to make it comfortable for you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then you know, Rodriguez is sitting there going, "I want to talk to the Inquisitor. I want to see his face. Show me." The Inquisitor. And then Inoue goes, he laughs. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because I am the Inquisitor. <laughs> it's like such a mm. wonderfully designed scene of You skipped like, it. Mm, mm. What's that? You skipped you skipped the you skipped the cell the cell scene with the in, oh. with the interpreter. Oh, you're going you're going yeah. forward by a huge, huge margin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm missing. I guess it didn't I, resonate with you as much as it did with me. Uh, please, please tell me about what what it is that you want to say. <laughs> well, he's there, and and mm-hmm. you you see the interpreter come in, and this the dialogue is basically him saying to Rodriguez, "You, we know everything yeah. about there is to know about your religion." Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about ours? Ah, yeah, yeah. What do you know about our religion? Mm. And and I thought that was like a crucial a crucial moment mm-hmm. in the movie, mm-hmm. where I think it just shakes the foundation of Rodriguez. I don't know if you see it on screen or not, but mm-hmm. just the dialogue itself. He's the interpreter. I think is um, plays a crucial part. Mm in the movie of of yeah. telling him listen we've there was another he he says he says to him oh we had another uh priest here mm. who we we tried to teach him uh, our religion and we you know we taught it we tried to teach him our language mm-hmm. uh, our customs and he fucking hated our language he hated our food he hated our customs mm. and there was no way to get through to him so what makes you think that you're any different? Mm. You don't. You're just trying to spread mm. this religion in our country. Yeah, we never asked you to be here, but no. you're trying to spread this religion, which we don't want. Mm. But why don't you try to understand it from our point of view? Yeah. In fact, I know. You, I I honestly know more about your religion than you do ours. Mm. So doesn't that make you arrogant? Yeah. You you fucking little cunt. Yeah. <laughs> well, I. <laughs> A, but no, he didn't bit, say that. I mean, I mean that was coming from like my point. that was my point of view. It was my point of view. Yeah, yeah. I was actually angry during that. I was angry at these Jesuit priests mm-hmm. just through that dialogue. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. The interpreter. I'm like, you know, you're you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Everything you said is gold. Well, I think also like he he treated him like a very kind of like a child. The interpreter did. Like uh, I think he was constantly telling the, the, the these points like w- with with a like a what I call a searing smile, which kind of showed that he enjoyed sticking a knife into Rodrigo's soul, you know, mm. but while at the same time letting letting him know he had no other choice but to give up, 
You know, it's like, mm. you're not going to win this. You know that. Mm. You know you're not going to win. And he's just like constantly telling. At first, it seemed like confidant. But then it was really like, listen, jackass, just just get on with it. Because, just apostatize. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the way they the way each of these government officials handled him was that of like, a, I mean, so, so different from what we what we think of being, um, you know, you know, Muslims versus Christians or whatever, you know, like severe damage. And even the, the, the philosophy that they were saying for him was that we're not going to kill the Christians who believe. No, we're going. What was that? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting it mixed up. We're going to make you watch the Christians die As they who have suffer. already apostatized. Yeah. So it's you who are letting them die. It's your hand. Hey, actually, no. That okay. So before that cell scene, mm-hmm. go back to the when he's first captured, mm-hmm. and they're all lined up. Mm-hmm. They're all lined up uh, on their on their knees. They're they're there, uh, awaiting final judgments. Mm-hmm. Right, and. And uh, the Inquisitor, Noah-san, he actually tells him, he said, listen, we, because um, Rodriguez is expecting death. Mm-hmm. He's like, basically just, yeah, kill me. You know, martyrs are the, what was the quote he says? He's like, uh, martyrs, uh, blood is the seed of Catholicism or mm-hmm. something. Right, right, something right. along those lines. He's like, yeah, we crave on this shit. Right, yeah, yeah, kill me. <laughs> this is like, great. We know. <laughs> we know you do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, we made a mistake. Yeah. We we learned. Yeah. We learned from our mistakes, mm. and we're not going to make those mistakes again. Mm. So instead of killing you, like we have numerous uh, other uh, compa- uh, what was it, compadres, padres, padres. Pad- um, mm. padres. So many of your fellow, uh, uh, you know, many of your fellow priests. You know, we've killed them, we've tortured them, and they've died, and that's not working. So instead of that, we're going to change tack, and you know what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to let you watch them suffer. Hmm. And this is something we learned later on, but that actually worked with uh, uh, Liam Neeson, mm-hmm. right? It worked with Ferreira, right? Right. The, it worked with him. Yeah. He he. The only reason he apostatized was because he saw many Japanese suffering, mm-hmm. and he thought, "No, I should apostatize mm. to save them." Right. And then he had to live a very sad double life, you know, for the rest. Yeah. Until he died. It, and I, I saw, I kind of saw him as what, in the Japanese term, as a senpai, right? They, like, they, he he wasn't a mentor, and he was kind of like, I guess what in, in English would be mentor. But I think the Japanese saw him as someone who could show him the ropes. And so, mm. I mean, that's what the the Japanese term senpai basically means—a person who shows you the ropes about uh, either a, a a university that you know, an, a friend who's been there a while, or a coworker who knows a lot about the job you need to do, and you work closely mm. with that person throughout your life or throughout your working career or your university life. And I think that's how the position that they put him in. So I thought mm. that was also a very Japanese way of handling the relationship that they had. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, you you want to jump to Kichijiro? 
Yes, he's the most... Uh, well, what was your first impression the first time you... The first time you saw this movie? Okay. What was your first impression of him? I thought he was kind of weak and not important to the plot. But <clears throat> when I got through the second viewing, I was like, wait a second. He's the most interesting, intriguing aspect of this movie. I mean, we, we talked about Inoue and his very strong chops as a character actor. And we, I, I think we both agree that Rodriguez is just chop liver. I mean, he's right. And I think that's what his purpose is. He's, he's more a lot more. He's more a plot device than anything else. <laughs> like It's not like he has much depth, but Kichijiro, God damn it. That guy is popping up like an insect flying around your ear. <laughs> like you need mm, to swat, yeah. like Rodriguez is trying to swat him away and he keeps coming back. <laughs> And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that's how I kind of that, those were my my second impressions. But what about you? When I first saw him, I just thought he was comedic relief. Uh huh. Yeah. I just thought he was just like this foil, this you know, this guy who just ki- kind of uh, uh, helps uh, alleviate tension. Um, you know, having Rodriguez try to you know have admo- multiple moments throughout the movie, mm-hmm. just see him. Yeah. Uh, betray him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> betray him like, at multiple points. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I won't do it again. No, no, please. I, this is my confession. Come on. Come on. Just one more. I just want to, I just want to give you my confession. You know, you know and really Rodriguez is like, is like, you, you, you fucking prick. I've had enough of your but, shit. Yeah, the government <laughs> is just dangling him. I, because the, yeah. the, that's like, they could easily just sweep him out. Like, why is he in the prison cell? Like, why is he constantly in town? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. they're just letting him be there as as the foil in a way uh, to Rodriguez, you know, because. Um, mm. Yeah. So I it took me a cup. I mean, another viewing or maybe a couple of viewings yeah. more to realize how like like you. I, I, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly with you how important he is. Um, but he uh, there's this. The scene, which I think fully encapsulates mm-hmm. how important he is, mm-hmm. and that's the the final scene, which mm-hmm. I think is the most mysterious uh-huh. scene. Yeah. A Japanese authority notices a necklace around his neck right. and yes. rips it off, and he opens a leather pouch yes. and discovers like a Christian image. Yeah. And so Kichiro is revealed to be a Christian, yes. and he's swiftly led away. Right. And we we presume he's going to die. Yes. Presumably, or let go again. But uh, exactly. after all yeah. his shenanigans, I, I I'm pretty sure he's he's going to die. And um, yeah, yeah. And I read I read like all these articles after afterwards, also in preparation mm-hmm. for this uh, podcast. But I was reading all these different reviews, and there was like right there's like this one reverend who wrote about it. Uh-huh. Um, this Catholic. And uh, he did the, he did a, he did a review, and I think it's the first and last review I read of his about movies. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, so, what does he say about this? So he says, "Okay, uh, I want I want to make sure that I'm that I'm quoting um, I'm quoting him accurately. Just give me 
just give me a just give me a second but um so he said he he said that towards the end like i just told you mm-hmm. where you know he's supposed to uh we we think he's probably going to die right and in catholicism he would be considered a, tr- a traditional christian martyr uh-huh okay a person catholics would later venerate uh-huh and this is ironic yes given how weak his character is throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. He's been weak-willed, untrustworthy, indecisive, uh, you know, really weak, you know, uh, it's, not, it's not someone you, you can root, you know, you can get behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and and someone who Rodriguez actually absolutely hates. Mm, right. And then in the end, though, mm-hmm. he becomes the inadvertent hero. Right. And the most, you know, and... Rodriguez, who is the more stoic, strong-willed, considerably more stubborn mm-hmm. person in the movie, yeah, he's the one who dies an apostate, yeah, without veneration, right. So it's actually Kich- Kichiro who yeah, dies, right, as an ap- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as a martyr versus Rodriguez who just dies a shitty death without you know without you know Catholics giving a second thought mm. like oh it's just another apostate he's never you know he's never been mentioned again. It's a, so it's like this curious, it's a curious meditation on martyrdom mm-hmm. and sacrifice. Yeah. I think and that's what I love about this his, article. His conscience desires salvation, right? Like that, that, mm. that kind of thing. But his will is blistered, blistered by the pressures of a society that rejects everything he wants. Mm. Which is why he asks at one point, why was I born in this time? Exactly. <laughs> why was I born yeah. now? I, I, you know, I belong so at a different time. And so for me, like, I think he, he is kind of a, an allegory for the story itself. And I, mm. it's interesting what the priest said about how he's the he's the one who really was killed for being a, a true Christian. Because what my thoughts were on this was that on one side, he is this constant believer filled with sin, searching for redemption. Right, constantly doing. But on the other, because I feel like he's being dangled by the Japanese government, I think they, I get the sense they already know mm. all of his whereabouts. He serves as an example that, as Inoue and cohorts cohort say, Christianity cannot sprout in Japan because nothing grows in this country. Right. They're, they're just right. letting him live yeah. until they find him no longer convenient. And because, useful, you know, useful because, you know, that necklace, it was hiding in a bag of something. It's like, well, you know, they probably how many times could they probably seen that before? You know, mm, mm, mm. and it's just like this time they just decided, OK, what's in the necklace? Oh, what's in the bag? Oh, it's this little image. All right. Well, you not they could have said they could have gone another way. All right. Well, you know, put that down, stamp on that and be off on your way. But this mm, time mm, they're mm. like, mm, not this time. Right. And I, I think that's um, why he serves as an allegory for the, the point of view for the Japanese while also serving as an allegory for the Christian view of the world um, uh, of, you know, God always forgives you if you're willing to uh, search for redemption. Uh, so that, that's how I kind of uh, I felt about that that angle of him. 
I, yeah, I agree. Um, there, there's also, you know, something I, I kept thinking about him as as allegory um, and also as a mandala, like a, a living mandala, like, you know, these mandalas in Buddhism that tell a story with these images of gods in circles mm-hmm. with these squares. And right. I felt like he was a woven mandala in the whole movie like popping up at different points uh, in his constant cycle of penance and sin mm. only to be broken in death at the end, right? Right. But like, you know, um, we, we know Rodrigo's tra- trajectory, as you already said, right? I mean, we mm. know he's going in this. He's, he's either going to die or he's going to be changed over. But Kijijiro, he weaves his way through the plot like an animated mandala, man. He's like, he keeps he keeps failing and then renewing mm. and there's always this gnawing notion that there is an ideal but he but it's just unattainable for him yeah because of the time in which he lives yeah 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 and, and he keeps folding over and over until the government no longer has use for him and they just execute him or whatever happens to him but yeah i'm just kind of going off here on a little tangent but no absolutely that's yeah. great yeah I mean, I, I also think he could be a representative of the Buddhist notion. Maybe that's why Inoue is keeping him around. He could be an allegory for the precept in Buddhism, which is that life is suffering. Mm, and mm, it could mm. be that the government dangled him before Rodrigo as a philosophical conundrum to his own beliefs. Mm. And Kichijiro repeats his failings in a, in a living cycle of samsara. It's mm. constantly in rebirth. Christians forgive but with Kichi, Kichijiro, Rodriguez kept losing all hope in him. And his returning was a torture for him. It was like, yes, I, I say you are forgiven. Oh, Jesus Christ. And uh, like literally Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he, that, that give and take of him being all around here, he, he's, he is a character I think that can be studied in film classes as one that can weave something along or be a metaphor in so many different instances or an allegory for the story to progress and and to have a, a fulfilling solution. Right. No, I yeah, completely agree. He's he's got to be one of the I mean I I I kick myself because after you know the first the first viewing like I said, I just thought of him as a comedic, you know, comedic relief. It wasn't until like another uh, viewing, um, I started to realize there's something more to him. And mm-hmm. then, um, but then when I read that article as well about how mm-hmm. this this reverend uh, put it into words, how I could actually properly articulate mm-hmm. his his role from, I mean, who who's to say how Scorsese? wanted him to be right, viewed right. in fact i mean i know this is based upon a 60s novel which i haven't read this mm-hmm. uh, japanese yeah. author who wrote this novel um mm-hmm. i don't know how he's tackled in the novel mm-hmm. but uh and i don't know how scorsese wanted him to be viewed but just from this mm-hmm. one article i read about him i thought well that makes a, a lot of sense how it becomes this uh he gets redeemed in some way by being a martyr which probably wasn't what he wanted right. <laughs> if we're being yeah, honest yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he just wanted to live and be a Christian yeah, yeah. Right? but, the, but the irony is he actually dies a martyr and it's Rodriguez yeah. who dies an apostate yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. It's a. Uh, it's it's so interesting how how all those things fold over on top of each other. That's a really interesting uh, review there. That's uh, you know, it's always interesting to see someone with that kind of viewpoint to kind of take you outside of your own thoughts. Absolutely, I. But yeah, I mean, what are your um, uh, but would he would would you say that he is the? Let's separate best actors from actual characters. So, in terms of the best character, would he be your favorite character in the movie? I would say so that he is the best character and my favorite character in the movie. You mean your favorite actor? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, favorite character and favorite actor. Yes, yes. I got to disagree. Okay, what are you going for? Character, character is him, but in terms mm-hmm. of, in terms of acting, acting chops, mm-hmm. uh, there are scenes. I think I think you and I are going to disagree, but. Mm-hmm. I think both um, the two Jesuit priests I thought were mm-hmm. were fantastic. I I thought uh-huh. that uh, Andrew Garfield, Adam Driver, mm-hmm. um, particularly Adam Driver. I think Adam Driver is probably the best if I was going to choose out of them. But out of out of both of them, but I thought they both were outstanding. And Andrew Garfield, I before mm-hmm. this movie, I hated, I fucking hated Andrew Garfield. Oh really? Okay. I don't. I, what other I, movies has he been? You know, I, can't I only knew him. I, I only knew him from uh, Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I fucking hated the, the the reimagining of one of my favorite characters in the Marvel universe. Having mm-hmm. uh, I know it's not his fault. I know he's not a director or a, mm-hmm. <laughs> he had any say in the story. But I always just cast him as like, oh, it's your fault. You're the reason they made these shitty, amazing Spider-Man films. <laughs> and so when I saw him in this, when I first saw him in this movie, I'm like, "Oh fuck no, not this shitty Spider-Man." <laughs> <laughs> but then I, but then the more the movie progressed, he yeah, he won me over. He won me over with some, yeah, some amazing scenes of the struggle between, uh, you know, the the faith of your convictions of. Mm-hmm. Um, both you know not believing the rumors of his mentor uh ferrera um, apostatizing mm-hmm. but but also realizing pretty early on how impossible this mission was <laughs> right yes 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 <laughs> completely yes, impossible yeah 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 there's how no way this. there's no way you're gonna win <laughs> is not gonna we're not gonna get the girl even though we don't want the girl but you know we're not gonna get one in any case except for the wife who has no expression or care for me whatsoever right um, japanese uh, japanese actors i'd say the interpreter yeah okay. like and also right. yeah it's uh uh inoue the interpreter yeah the uh, the um yeah issei ogata mm-hmm. inoue the yeah, he he made an impression on me as well. But I'm talking about like a couple of other viewings, and after what you just told me about, he he plays the same character. <laughs> kind of changed my view. He was going to be my favorite. He was going to be my favorite until you just told me. <laughs> until you just told me that he's the same guy. Well, then he then that's just cheating. You can't just be typecast and just be put in movies. Hey, wait, works with the Sopranos. Come yeah. On. Yeah, nah. So, so I changed it to the the main lead, 
uh, Rodriguez and Garupe. Uh, Liam Neeson, I, I didn't think he was. Oh, he, he was he was serviceable. Yeah, but he's just a yeah. reflection. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah. Fair um, I, I thought you know he wasn't asked to do much, but um, okay, I I. I think what you have to say about Rodrigo, uh, Andrew Garfield is... Rodriguez. That's good. Yeah, Rodriguez. Well, the, I kept hearing Rodrigo. It's Rodriguez, right? I thought it was Rodrigo. No, it's Rodriguez. It's Rodrigo. Is we it? We're going to have a fight about it. Is it Rodriguez, right? Rodriguez. It's it's Rodrigo. No, it's Rodriguez. No, that's what I heard the whole time, man, Rodrigo. No, but no, it's actually Rodriguez. But I heard Rodrigo. Really? The whole time. Two times. Two movies. Really? Two viewings. Yeah. Jesus. I heard I heard Rodriguez. And also it's everywhere in reviews. <laughs> all, all throughout the literature. I, I don't care what the reviews say. <laughs> he is Portuguese. So when they're speaking to him. Okay, well, I, anyway, we can what's that? Well, that's something else. I mean, that uh, that was something I was going to bring up later in terms of uh, pedantry. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Sometimes I find sometimes I find uh, pedants criticisms of movies to be uh-huh. uh, to be pretty funny. But that was yeah. That was one one of the pedants was. Um, let me just uh, bring this up here. It was. Um, his father Rodriguez meets Monica and he asks her mm-hmm. her name and she says uh you know oh like the mother of Saint Augustine and he pronounces Augustine mm-hmm. Augustine and not the correct mm-hmm. Augustine and also mm-hmm. none of the characters say their names with the correct Portuguese accent so that's another that's yeah. another pedant saying like every single character who says their own name is not saying it in the proper Portuguese accent, which I just said, well, you know, who, who cares? They're speaking English anyway. They're speaking English. Yeah, exactly. And and he's speaking like, it, it, he keeps, at least he keeps his accent, or as far as I know, is consistent. And that's all you can really ask for. Mm. Yeah. Well, well, just, in, just in take, just take like my this. word for it. It's Rodriguez. Just take my word for it. You can go back mm. and. I, I'm going to listen to it again. I listened to it two times. You can read all the little things. I I saw subtitles as well in Japanese, and uh, it's Rodrigo. I saw Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, we can we can come back to this another time. It's not actually that important. <laughs> 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 but um, I think I'm right. I think I'm right. <laughs> so, I mean, like, it's like, there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing we can move on from this unless we want to stop the podcast and then listen to the movie carefully. Nah, nah, okay. All right, whatever. We'll just, yeah, we'll just yeah, move yeah. on. Move on. Move on. Okay. Um, so, you want to talk about uh, maybe different uh, things regarding the Japanese-ness, for lack of a better word, about the movie? Um uh, I mean, maybe I can start. Maybe I, I'm not uh, vocalizing myself correctly, but I think Scorsese shows how self-deprecation can be used as a weapon to dispel your arguments. <laughs> mm. It's like uh, this is a very kind of 
Japanese thing. I, I think like, oh, I'm not that great. I'm not that, you know, thing. And it's like, then they just apply it to the country itself. Right. You know, right. They, in a way, it's constantly saying this country is a swamp. Don't you agree? Yeah. yeah <laughs> There's yeah. nothing that can grow here. Yeah. It's like you came to the wrong place. And I think this is like, I just thought of like, you know, if Christians and Muslims are fighting with each other about this type of thing, they I don't think there was any angle where it's like, no, my country sucks more than your country. Right. <laughs> no one's right. saying that. No, that's no a good point. Saying, uh, it's like you, 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 you guys would say something like, um, they would over argue over which religion was better and not which belief is more suitable. Right. It wouldn't be that. And neither party would speak ill of themselves or their, or their home. That's just not going to happen. I don't think. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Well, no, it's uh, fine. Yeah. Um, you know, it's this. But I thought that this self-deprecation, which was something which formed a knot. I'm writing here in my notes here, just formed a knot in the rope, which twisted the Jesuits will to continue pushing the worldview. And then there was the other argument uh, was the, the continuing to believe in Christ. They hurt their other they hurt other followers. And it was like these two arguments weaving together to just squeeze any will out of out of the main character there. Mm hmm. Did you did you find any other kind of social graces which are kind of common in 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 Japanese society that you saw in the movie? Uh, I like you said self-deprecating. Very mm -hmm. uh that scene I think perfectly captures what you're talking about, the scene where uh Rodriguez is let out um of his cell and he's out in the open in the courtyard. And there's a line of these uh, Japanese um, officials there with Inoue in the middle. You know, when he first when he first has a conversation, and one of the um, one of the officials asks him, "How is how is he doing? We want to make sure that you're okay. Um, you know, we we want you to be comfortable." And they, I think, I think it was that. I think it was that scene where it perfectly mm -hmm. encapsulates the Japanese yeah. mindset. They want you. Right. They want you first. They want you to be comfortable, and mm -hmm. uh, they want. You know, they want you to stay here. They're, they're very hospitable. Torturers. <laughs> <laughs> Despite the fact that we're going to cause we're going to we're, we're going to end this at some point. We're either going to kill you. Uh, I actually, I'm sorry. No, at that point, they weren't going to kill him. So they already agreed that they weren't going to kill him, but they were going to spend an inordinate amount of time on torturing the Japanese uh, yeah. there for his benefit. First, by chopping off one of the guy's heads <laughs> right in front yeah. of him, dragging his body right in front of him. Yeah, they... the le least amount of blood <laughs> spilled. <laughs> Actually, yeah. that was very That's Japanese to me. Old. Yeah, that was very Japanese to me. Do you? Yeah. I don't know how closely you were watching this, but you know when they all mm -hmm. shuffle out, when they would, when they all refused mm -hmm. to put their foot on Jesus Christ, they all refused, mm -hmm. and then they're, and then the guy's like, "All right, whatever," and he leaves, and then you see, okay, everybody leave except you, so he points mm -hmm. to that one guy who remains. Mm -hmm. But there's this inter it's this interesting scene where it just shows him talking. 
to one of the guards. Mm. So they're mm. just talking normally. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah. And you just imagine what they're saying. Oh, it's beautiful weather. E tinky this, you're near. E tinky. You're like, oh, E tinky this, near. He's like, yeah, so what? And they're just like having this, because he's actually smiling. If you look yeah, at him, yeah. he's smiling. He's like having this mm-hmm. conversation with the guard. Yeah, yeah. Right? And mm. I think that perfectly captures it, because then you that see another it. guy just come out emotionless, comes out, yeah. he just comes out walking towards him, and he doesn't take mm-hmm. out his katana, his sword. He doesn't take it out until he's just right in front of him, and within one movement he removes his head hmm. and i thought that's that's japan right there <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> lightning efficient speed just do what is necessary yeah. to get the job done yeah um, yeah and the other guard actually knows what's going to happen and he just takes a step away mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> he just steps away yeah, yeah. he's like he knows exactly what's going to happen to him but yet he mm. still maintains that that facade of politeness mm-hmm. and, and some formality. And, well, not formality, but you know what I mean, like a casual yeah, yeah, nature of um, some dialogue and politeness, you know? Politeness. When, yeah. when, when I know for a fact that you're going to get your head removed. Right. I think that, that those, those kind of social graces uh, really... Uh, I, re- really fun for me to watch. I think for the same for you because we've been here so long and it, it's just like, yes, Scorsese did his his homework on how people interact with each other or had the right advisors in this process because the, the, all, of the, all of the little details were so well done, you know? Like even, like, I think some people might think of, oh, it was so clean. Well, it couldn't have been that clean. But you have to remember, like, during the this time, the Tokugawa Edo period from 1600 to 1868, like, one of the innovations that did not exist even in Europe at this time was running clean potable water from the mountains, which was accessible from the mountainsides to the farmers, to towns, and the center of a huge sprawling metropolis. Because at that time... Edo, which is now modern Tokyo, was about a million people. Mm, and mm. Um, like how the prison was set up and the cleanliness of this. I mean, if you I, I read this book, uh, this city in history, Lewis Mumford, and it talks about the similar time period where, you know, in Europe, there are these houses that are built along streets and so much refuse piles up on the streets that you can't even open the door. Like it just you have to push over the years. Your door is like the road is higher than your door. So that did not exist in Japan at that time. They had a very clean, efficient system. Uh, You know, feces, human feces. Farmers would walk around towns and collect all of it. And it was used as night soil. It was used as fertilizer in Mm. in in, uh, farms. That's great. So. It was this whole recite we talk about sustainable living. Mm, mm, it was already mm. at that point clean water, not only for drinkable water, but also a separate pipeline, wooden pipeline for irrigation. Mm. So we had these these two separate systems, people cleaning up the feces. Everything was used down to the bone. Mm. And so when you look at those scenes of that prison and its pristine nature, and you're thinking, 400 years ago, was it really that clean? Yes, it was that clean. 
and people were that meticulous because mm. this is an onsen culture. This is a hot spring culture, a bath culture, you know, uh, from many, many years ago, you know, hundreds, thousands of years before. And that, that whole meticulous, clean nature is not just a stereotype. It is ingrained in the culture in a way that you can see it for hundreds and hundreds would of you years. Say, would you say that, the, that they, they're, it was very it was sustainable? They, they were mm-hmm. recycling long before it became like this fucking catchphrase or, or, or things that we have to do now in Western yeah. civilization. So they yeah. were well ahead of the curve. So they, were, mm-hmm. they had good, cro- good crops, but no soil for Christianity is what you're saying. The soil would not yeah, sustain. No soil for Christianity. It would not it would not sustain Christianity. <laughs> well, it's uh, ironic because the the innovations that they made in rice rice grains was also very important because there was famines during the Edo period, mm. where that um, that that reforced the country to think about how do we deal with this. And one of the innovations was sweet potatoes, and then that which could grow at any time. Mm. And then another innovation was a new grain of rice which could grow in harsh winter winter environments, which allowed people to move back to northern parts of Japan and have an actual life. Mm. Uh, so that those those types of things were also part of it. But I just wanted to read something about how it was also a dictatorship. And we talk about the Christians and how they weren't able to express themselves. Well, this also went down to the arts. So during uh, Kabuki was something that was pretty much done from the Edo period, the 1600s. And there was one guy who was very, very strong and, and brilliant in his acting. But the Bakafu, the military government, sent down an edict to these to this uh to this kabuki group it said during recent years dramas depicting current life have probed too far into human feelings since this tendency is detrimental to the manners of society plays should reflect human feelings as little as possible wow so you have this society that is a recycling society it's considered pax edo you know peaceful edo after so many years of war but at the same time, there is these draconian rules about that are trying to control how people think mm. and how people live their lives. Even rules down to the peasant when you should divorce a, a, an unproductive yet pretty wife. <laughs> like, like they had these like edicts that they would send and rules they would send down into the villages about how to live. Well, in, in Norway actually mentions that. We yeah. talk about the concubines, and he actually asked the interpreter for how do you how do you describe a woman who can't uh, bear children? You know, a woman mm-hmm. who's no longer basically productive. And he says, "Oh, yeah. barren." Yeah, He's like, yeah, 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 so barren. Yeah. It's like banding these terms, which uh, <laughs> wouldn't be used in polite uh, society now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah barren. Yeah, that's what I want to say. I just couldn't think of it. <laughs> And so like when you when we're thinking about all these things, it's like that that's what's happening in that world. Like so people are having very nice lives, but highly monitored lives as well. Mm. What do you think what do you think of the main th- I mean, I think it's pretty easy, but I wanted to get mm. your take. What are your what do you think of the main themes or theme of this movie? Well, I think the the main themes are what I kind of thought of in the beginning of this uh, podcast, which was uh, the battle taking place between faith and oppression. Mm. 
I think that is a really big theme going on. And I also think the the theme of redemption is mm. another one. And uh, the theme of one one thing that you highlighted that I hadn't really been t- paying close attention with the um, the translator when he was talking to Rodriguez. Uh, he Rodriguez. Says, <laughs> now we can do a switch. <laughs> okay, so uh, and he says you don't know anything about my country, but somehow you want to come here and spread your shit around, right? So I think that that that's also another theme, right? The the lack of knowledge that the world had about themselves during that time. Uh, so I think those are a few themes. W- what about you? Uh, yeah, faith, faith, and oppression. Uh, silence. So yeah, I think I think it's the main one. Silence, because silence is the uh-huh. title of the movie. So what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean then? <laughs> like I'm just, I just skipped over the most obvious things, or like going down these rabbit holes of like. Uh, I thought I thought to myself, why why do they call it silence? And I. <laughs> And I thought, I thought, well, Rodriguez is asking the whole fucking movie for <laughs> for some sign that Christ is yeah. taking heed of his pleas. Thought he's asking yes. many times. I don't hear you. I don't fucking hear you. You gotta give me something like a sign. And he's just greeted. Uh, he's greeted with silence. The whole fucking movie. I, Until, I love the the, yeah. the deep modulated voice of of Jesus with the very, well, I guess it's pedantic, but like the heavy, like it's just very English sounding. You know, it's like actually, hey dude, hey actually, dude. you know what? You know who that who that is? Get some pot. <laughs> it's like that's that's all. I, what's that? You know who it is? Who is it? It's Father Va- Valignano. It's the person who sent them off on that mission. That's who you hear. Oh, okay. That's the same voice. So he's already heard. He, he knows them really well. And so that's yeah. the voice he hears in his head right? throughout the whole movie. I mean, every time Jesus Christ is, is the voice, that's the only reason why he would have a, any semblance of what Christ sounds like is through putting it on someone he already knows. Right. In this right. case, he's uh-huh. using Father Valignan. Valignano. I I think yeah I I know that it's a fa- I mean it's a fact I know in terms of the movie being made if we're being madder about it I know that right. he is playing that part of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. right. so maybe I'm I'm looking too much into it but I think mm-hmm. that's probably why Jesus Christ takes that form I think that's a logical connection hmm. I <clears throat> although I, I not do like not like Jesus Barry White right. Or... Not like some yeah. like Barry Wyatt or some fucking <laughs> or Chevy Chevy hey, Chase. <laughs> I feel your pain. <laughs> let's someone who sounds like Barack Obama Obama or <laughs> someone who's like recognizable. We I gotta. I, I can't. We can't do impressions. The worst impressions ever. But uh, I got terrible. I don't know. I can't do it. But uh, but it would be fun if it was Ray Liotta's voice. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Just Karen? size, man. Karen, what Just did I fucking a, tell you, Karen? Karen, size. Stir it, stir oh, the Karen, tomato sauce. Oh, Karen, you fucking killed us, Karen. What are you doing, Karen? 
Fuck Karen. Karen Fuck. Don't talk on the Karen. phone. Just apostasize, like I said. <laughs> if you're going to do the coke, do it before you apostasize. <laughs> throw, it in the, <laughs> throw it in the toilet afterwards. When the helicopters come, we got to be careful. That would be great. All right. So I mean, he could have done it. <laughs> so we've covered. Okay. So what have we covered? We we both like the movie. Okay. So let me ask you this: What did you hate? What did you not like about this movie? Not hate, but what did you dislike? Um. You know what? I I don't know if I hate it or not, but the development or the story of the Christians in the hills is not really. It's kind of like an afterthought. That's funny. It's exactly the same as me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it, what I said. Funny as shit. I said. Um. Uh, what was I, what was I going to say? I was going to say that uh, my nitpick is actually a nitpick, mm-hmm. not really. Yeah. A slight, just a little little nitpick. But I thought there should be, a, yeah, an explanation about these villages, um, and also how they could speak Portuguese so well. they don't have they don't have many like a lot of exposure do they (laughs) speaking (laughs) yeah it's like kind of like a movie magic thing i just kind of rolled with it but yeah when that lady when they they first he got caught after the stream thing and then all the people in the i kind of assumed that maybe one or two people could speak portuguese i mean somehow but but how how because they don't have any exposure yeah, that's my point. They don't even have any books. Yeah, like you said. When you, te- when you, when you like, want to learn a language, that's the most critical yeah. factor is exposure. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to be like, oh, I, I just want to know Portuguese. Yeah, so I'm just going to use this book. I'm just going to read the Bible. <laughs> read the Bible. Now I'm fluent. Conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the only thing you could say is like, Shem laid down with Jehoshaphat. And bore forty-eight children who lived nine hundred years. <laughs> it's like you can't really have a conversation about anything else mm. other than like I guess if you're reading like the Old Testament. But that's like just it's fascinating though how that? we both have the same nitpick. Yeah, it's not really because it's not really anything to nitpick. You know, maybe language. Who knows? But. I, but well, it's I, basically did, that, I did tell you the, that the, the, the 1971 mm. version of this film they they made another there was a version I had no idea about but there's a 1971 version mm-hmm. uh, directed by a Japanese mm-hmm. guy uh, based mm-hmm. upon the same novel and it's also called Silence with Jesuit mm-hmm. priests except the major difference in this Japanese version is the Jap- the Jesuit priests speak Japanese throughout the whole okay. movie Oh, okay. So that would completely upend your viewing experience, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Um, uh, but, you know, there's plenty of Hollywood movies that do the same thing. But um, uh, for Japanese viewers back in 1971, I don't, you know, I mean, if you want to get some sort of major release, I'm sure it would have been really difficult to have Portuguese as the, the language, you know. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, but I mean the Jesuit priests... I don't know. Again, you know, I'm hamstrung by not knowing so much about the novel it's based upon. Mm-hmm. Who knows? In the novel, maybe the priests are speaking fluent Japanese or passable they could have Japanese. They taken classes. 
<laughs> yeah, before they left. <laughs> maybe there's a whole, maybe there's a whole interstitial where they're at the uh, the language school. Yeah. Before entering yeah. Japan, how about just doing a little yeah. bit of fucking study on the language? Yeah. <laughs> and the culture and the customs. How about that for an idea, you dumb fucks? Before we go, before we go, we're going to do some uh, English. <laughs> oh, sorry, we're going to do some uh, Japanese training. Oh, kinky desu ka? Kinky That's an opening title. Yeah, that would be funny. Who? Uh, that, I mean, uh, it would have been practical. You know? Yeah. Well, who, who who would you recommend this movie to? Uh, I would recommend this movie to people who like long, sprawling epics, who are who enjoy themes of religion and Martin Scorsese. Mm. I don't know if Martin Scorsese is a theme, but I guess he is. Mm. Well, what about you? I agree. Yeah. Anyone who likes Martin Scorsese, although you know, it's difficult to say if you are a Martin Scorsese fan who has no interest in Japan or religion, Yeah. then yes, this is not a movie for you. If you're a diehard Martin Scorsese fan, then maybe yeah, then we don't have to recommend it. You've already seen it, right? But um, <clears throat> and um, you know, I I would say uh, over the last year, I watched two Martin Scorsese movies: The Irishman and Silence, and I like Silence better. Yeah, no, I have to go. Have to agree, but I'm I'm biased mm-hmm. because I'm living in Japan, yeah, um, and this resonated with me more than The Irishman. Um, mm. but we can go into the Irishman in a, yeah, we know, different a, a different time. Hoffa, I'm Italian. I'm Hoffa. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's I, I, uh, I, I don't know how. I think we've uh, shared some of the main points. I I really wanted to get into the topic of religion in japan mm-hmm. because of this movie yeah. but we don't have time yeah. now but yeah, perhaps we can dedicate probably. another uh another episode to religion in japan yes how about that yes we can do that that sounds nice uh so we're gonna give uh you want to pick uh, an object from the movie then say instead of star system like uh oh rating something yeah a rating, rating system yeah you yeah. know what we uh we should we should come up with a rating system okay Let's come up with a unique rating system for each movie we watch. Okay. For this one, I I was thinking about um, Adam Driver bobbleheads. Um, We could also do the crucifix. Uh, uh, We could also do Kichijiro's. Mm. Um, uh, Oh, samurai swords. Yeah, yeah. Samurai swords stuck in. Um, how about samurai swords that have that are going through a Bible? Ah, okay. That's a long sentence Bleeding for Bible. fucking Bli- Bible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. How about like uh, bloody samurai swords? Yeah. All right. Let's do that. Okay. Bloody okay. samurai swords. So, so out of five, I mean, I give it five bloody samurai swords. 
Yep, you know what? I th- I don't know why I'm even pondering. It's fuck. You know what? It's fucking five. <laughs> it's five bloody samurai swords. Yeah. No, it's a, and it's fun to say five bloody because it's almost like that British English, like bloody yeah, yeah, swords, bloody, so. yeah. And there's double meaning right in there. Bloody five samurai bloody swords. swords. <laughs> so bloody, bloody samurai swords. swords. Not just one, but five bloody samurai swords. (laughs) I saw them. They were all lined up at the shop. Mm. Okay. Well, I guess that brings us to the end. 